Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. Dark days we're living in. You ever, you ever just watch the news or read your feed and just go, this is crazy. It is crazy. It is. I got, I got, good, I got bad news. Well, you know, I got good news, bad news. Which one you want? You want the bad news? The bad news is going to get worse. It's going to get darker. It is going to get darker. It's going to get crazier. Things that you never thought you would see, you're going to see. You want the good news? It's going to get brighter, and God is going to move like you've never seen God move. You've only thought about and believed he was going to move. You're going to see. So this series, Kingdom Culture, is really just kind of a, and today's really more of an introduction, really, for the next three as well. But just, just going to give you four scenes of Scripture, you know, the creation we're going to give you the fall, that'll be next week. Then we're going to give you uh, uh, the re- redemption and then the new creation. How God has always had a plan and he's working out his plan and we're seeing it happen before our very eyes. And so we're very excited about what God is doing, what he's going to do. Uh, we're creating some cisterns. I mentioned that to you a few weeks ago. That just means creating some room, if you will, create some room for God just to move in our life and very excited about that. So please don't, don't forget to join us on Wednesday nights. And the, so this is really just talking about a worldview, a kingdom worldview, seeing things really the way God sees things. Sometimes we, we've all grown up from different places. We were all raised different. We've come from different spiritual religious backgrounds or represented in this room, and yet we're all here in this room. But I don't, I don't care what tradition you come from, and, and I don't care what your political parties may have been historically, because we all grew up you know, believing you were born Democrat or born Republican, you're going to die Republican or die Democrat. You kind of grew up. But some t- at some point, you have to step above that and come to the cross. And you got to look at the world through the cross instead of looking at the world from your bias or vantage point or the way that you were raised. And we have to be transformed by the renewing of our mind and start having an allegiance and a heart and think like God and think like Christians instead of thinking like Republicans and Democrats and black and white and brown and red and rich and poor. We got we to all come and see from the same vantage point and to put on the, I call it the glasses, to put on the God glasses, the God goggles and see the world through God instead of seeing the world of what's happening in our culture. The scripture is clear that there is an undertow. You know what an undertow is? You ever been to the beach and you know, you put your kids out in the water Heidi and I did this when our kids were little. We'd put the kids into the beach. We'd get under the umbrellas. We'd watch the kids play. And as they were playing, they would just go down the beach. And we'd wait till they get about 50 yards away, because if not, you'd be doing it all day. And they never even knew they were drifting. This culture will drift you. You don't even know you're drifting. And all of a sudden you wake up one day because you're reading stuff on news feed. You go, yeah, well, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And you just keep filling your mind with stuff to eventually it'll just take you away. And then you'll think something is right when it directly opposes the word of God in scripture. 
and you didn't even mean to. It just drifted you away little by little. It just keeps taking. Now we're watching that happen in our very lifetime. We're watching it happen. So I wanna go back and kind of reset us if we would. We wanna go back, rewind, 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 rewind. Get all the way back to Genesis and talk about what the Lord intended from the very beginning. You want, uh, the, the, uh, it's called the uh, interpreting scripture of the, uh, let me, hold on, give me a second. I'm 57, y'all. Senior moment. Yeah, it's, it's the principle of first reference. Is that right? Principle of first reference. It's what was God's intention. You go back to the beginning of his first reference of it. That was God's intention and design. And so, and so when you look at culture and what's happening in the world out there and you go, oh, what about abortion, gay marriage? What about all this stuff? No, you got to go back to scripture and you got to look at God's original intention, his, his first reference. You have to go back there so that you'll know instead of what you think is right or wrong, how many of you know what God says is right or wrong ought to transform your mind. And if what you think and what God thinks is different, would you please, I beg you, please submit to God and he will transform your mind and you'll see it how he sees it. And you'll go, oh, that makes complete sense. Everybody tracking with me so far? Let's jump another way. There was a survey done. I actually read this from a Christian Post. I read some of the newspaper articles, you know, on, uh, on, on my phone. Uh, and there was actually a survey done with pastors, and this is kind of scary. 37% of evangelical pastors, and I would be one of those, uh, I am, we are evangelical. Uh, 37% of evangelical pastors uh, do not have a biblical worldview, which means to see things like God sees it. It's when you start c- making compromises in certain areas and disagreeing with scripture, that's when you get in trouble. In fact, I think it was 38% said, said, th- you can make it to heaven if you're a good person. Okay, look at me, look right here. Ain't none of us in the room good. No, not one of us. That's what the scripture says. No one is good. No, not one. In fact, the scripture would also say that my righteousness, that means my best day, my best 24-hour day is as filthy rags to the Lord. I am a sinner. I have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Do I have a witness? Not about me, about you. You go, have you fallen short of the glory of God? That you go, wait a minute, I have not kept his commandments. I have not lived and thought and done and action. Everything that God would want me to do. And, and, and none of us deserve. In fact, you can't earn heaven. Amen. You can't earn it. You're not good enough. You'll never be good enough. I'll never be good enough. That's why we, we keep striving to be good. We keep striving. I'm going to just be good. If I just be good, you keep working to be good, you're going to wear yourself out. Listen, our, our strength is not found in doing being good. Our strength relies in being with God. And because I am God, am with God, then that should produce some fruit in my life that is good works. Not because of me, but because of the God and the relationship that's in you. Everybody tracking with me? 
We have a Satsuma tree out in front of our yard. Yeah, y'all like Satsumas? It's getting time. And you know, the branches are starting to go down like that because it's got the green uh, things on it. And, and you know, you, I have never heard that tree striving. Could you imagine walking out and you hear it? It does nothing to produce its fruit. It just is. And if we'll walk with Christ, love him, be in love with him, it should produce, you won't have to strive to produce good works. It'll just happen in your life because you love God and you love people. Amen? So, I want to just jump into this message. We're going to go back to the beginning. We are going to talk about creation, the fall, redemption, new creation. But I want us to go back to the beginning. I'm going to just lay a foundation for you for the next three messages today. So um, I want to do that. Let's let's go back and, and actually begin in the book of Genesis. This is the beginning. This is Genesis chapter one, verse one. Push pause. Why is Genesis one... Most of us can't get through Genesis 1. It's the very place from the very beginning. Y'all know it's a creation story. You got Genesis 2, Adam and Eve, and you got this story. And you see the enemy already showing up because he he doesn't want you, the enemy of your soul and mine, doesn't want you buying all of Genesis 1. And I love this about God. God doesn't start off with some little baby miracle for you to believe and then give you a bigger miracle for you to believe and then a bigger miracle for you to believe and then a bigger one. He goes right with the big one. Genesis 1. This is how he created the heavens and the earth. It's very important. You you do know the other theory, right? That there wasn't an intelligent design, there was not a creator, that we all got here because there was this huge explosion and all of the molecules and matter took form and shape by this big explosion. The other one is that no, God created the heavens and earth. I actually read this the other day too. There's a big debate, is the earth young or is the earth old? And and, and theologians, are all debating on, on that as well. How many of you know, I know how old the earth is? Y'all ready? You want me to tell you? It's however old it is, is how old it is. <laughs> how many of you know we argue about stupid stuff all the time that do not, does not matter? <laughs> and when we get to heaven, we go, how old was it? You're not gonna ask, I promise you. All I know is that there was a creator And when he said things, things happened. And there is a God. So let's go back and let's look, rediscover Genesis chapter one. In the beginning, in the beginning. Well, when was the beginning? How old is God? When was the beginning? I can say this to you. God was always was. He always will be, is, and will always will be. There is no beginning with him and there is no end with him. God has always been God. There is no beginning to God. There was never a baby God. And he grew up to be a big God. He has been here throughout eternity and will be here throughout all of eternity. He is eternal. And he is the one, he is the creator. He is the one, he's the beginning. There is no beginning to him. There is a beginning to us, but there is no beginning to him. Thank God because of Jesus, because there is a beginning to us, 
There is no end to us for those who are in Christ Jesus because we will be with him for eternity. Isn't that amazing? For there to be a beginning, there has to be a beginner. And God was that beginner. And he created the heavens and the earth. He existed before the world was ever created. And he will be here when heaven and earth pass away. And by the way, it will pass away. You know that? The scripture lets us know that this earth will one day pass away and there will be a brand new earth. He's going to restore it back to better than it's ever been. And some of the, some of the earth that he created is part of his creativity. Have you ever been to some really cool places? Grand Canyon. Anybody ever been to Grand Canyon? Have you ever been to the West Coast? Drove the Pacific Highway? Have you, how many of you been to the Rocky Mountains, climbed up on top of one of them and looked? I didn't, I drove up on top, I didn't climb up on one. Have you been to some beautiful places? Man, you've seen some gorgeous scenery and just makes you go, God, this is incredible. Redwood Forest, Heidi, and I love the Redwood Forest. Anybody ever been to the Redwood Forest? How many of you want to go to the Redwood Forest? Let me, it's like, it's like a cathedral. It's, it's like a church outside to walk through the Redwood Forest. It makes you go, God, gorgeous. And so he created it, but this is all going to pass away until he creates the new one. Can you imagine what the new one's going to look like? I mean, Louisiana's not gonna have any mosquitoes. It's gonna be incredible. All mosquitoes are going to hell, I promise you. What am I I trying to say? Look, trends, trends come and go. Politicians come and go. Presidents come and go. Parties come and go. We even know that nations come and go. Even some relationships we have on earth will come and go. But let me tell you, there is one that will never go. He will always be. He always has been. He is now and will always be. And that is our heavenly father, the creator of the universe. Yeah, we had it. Look at Look at me. All of us need something in our life that does not move. Everything's changing around us. It's changing. I have to have something in my life that cannot be shaken and will never move. And there is, the scripture lets us know that everything on this earth will be tested by fire. It will be tested, will burn, some of it will burn away, some of it will be eternal. But how many of you know, we've got the word of God that scripture says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will remain forever. So trends and social, uh, the sociologists can say things change, but I can tell you there is something that has not changed, nor will he ever change. What he said thousands of years ago, what he said today, what he said a thousand years from now will always be the same. I need some same. Are you with me? Everything's changing. Heidi's changing. I better stop right there. Let's close in prayer. Thank you for today, Lord Jesus. Anyway, watch this. Let's keep reading. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, was hovering over the face of the waters. So in the opening scene, there was nothing. There, was, there, there were molecules and matter but there was no order or function. It's just vastness, water, deep, hovering over the face of the waters. There's no form, no function, but the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And as we're about to see, God is going to bring order to disorder. 
Thank you, Jesus, for form, function, order to disorder. Watch what happens. And God said, everybody, this is important. He doesn't do, he says. Let there be light. And there was light. Oh, you got you to you remember, I, I taught you this in, in the, or the series we've been in. This is our story. God doesn't need something to create something. You and I need something to create something. I need lumber to build a house. I need something. I need a material. God doesn't need a material to create something. He just says things and it happens. And so he says, let there be light. And there was, uh, yes, and the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. And he called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning on the first day. So on the first day, God is going to turn the light on and darkness is going to be split because there's light and there's darkness. And this is, this is much like what happened to you and me. Do you remember, we, we just received communion today. Part of our job in receiving communion is to remember. Remember what? Remember before you were saved. Anybody here remember before they were saved? Remember when you thought sin was fun? Oh, by the way, that's how you'll know if you really are saved. If you look back and you think, that was stupid. If you're sitting here today thinking, no, that was fun, then you're probably not even born again yet. And I'm not even joking. If you go, man, I wish I could still do. No, no, then you, then you have not tasted and seen that the Lord is good. No, when you look back and go, God, what was I thinking? Remember, the earth was full of void, meaning emptiness. There was nothing filling it. There was no reason to live. The reason why you were off doing stupid stuff was because you were trying to feel something, satisfy something that nothing could ever satisfy you other than God. It was formless, which meant you weren't even sure what you were on earth for. You had no idea. And then remember when the light came. Then God said, let there be light. For many of us, there was a witness along the way who said, man, I can tell you there's a better way. Remember, you put your shades on because you didn't want the light. And then you kept going and God put another witness in your, in, he, he turned the light on again and you, you put your shades on again and then something happened. It was a preacher, it was a friend, something happened where you bowed your knee, all of a sudden the light came on and you saw the darkness. Anybody saved here? Am I the only one? And you went, whoa, whoa, man, I don't want to live that way because God showed you the difference between light and and darkness he filled the void now gave you a form come on you ought to give God all the praise for that I'm, I'm preaching I'm trying watch this look what the scripture says it, let, let, me, let me take you to the book of John I want to show you this you, you gotta, I'm going to help you with your, your worldview. in the beginning in the beginning yeah see we're, we're at Genesis 1 in the beginning and now John's going to let us know that in the beginning was the Word. It is, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
Do you, anybody know who he's talking about here? He's talking about Jesus. That's right, he's talking about Jesus. He was in the beginning with God. All these things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made. So Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Where was the Holy Spirit? Hovering over the waters. So you got God the Father speaks through the Son, Jesus, the Word, and then the Holy Spirit from Jesus to the Holy Spirit is the one who makes it happen. He's the executor. He's the one who makes, brings the execution. And without him, nothing, without him was not anything made, made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So Jesus is the light that brought life into the world, and God has brought us out of darkness into this marvelous light. And just as God separated light and darkness, he's called us to be separate from darkness. Oh, I'm going to preach here in a minute. That we should be separate from darkness. It doesn't mean that you and I aren't ever going to step over into the dark. It just means that we, we, we got to live a life that's separate from darkness. We have to separate ourselves from it. So watch this. I'm going to help you. Therefore, therefore, listen, our goal is not to escape this dark world but to be the light in this dark world. Because the only way for darkness to win is if the light fails to shine. We're not gonna do it today, but I could do it, right? I could turn off every light in here and there's no windows in here. It'd be pitch black, except for the red exit signs. It'd be pitch black in here. How many know I could turn a flashlight on and you could see? Because light always dispels darkness. Look what the scripture also says in Matthew 5. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light until the entire house. You didn't know you had that much power, did you? You are the light of the world. You're the light of that office that you got tomorrow off. Everybody got tomorrow off? Tuesday, when you go back to work, you are the light of that office. Did you know that maybe even the office and the business that you're serving in now, doing your work as unto the Lord, that the success of that business could simply be because you're there. You're the light of the world. You don't realize how much power you've got. You are the light. You don't hide that light. Oh, listen to me. We're living in dark times. Can I just tell you, can I, can I help you for a second? Let me tell you what today's superpower is going to be. Here's the superpower of the day. Courage. It's going to take some men and women of courage to let the light shine in darkness. Oh, darkness is going to come after you. It's going to try to cancel you. It may even fire you. It's coming after you, trying to get you silenced. It's going to take men and women. I'm thinking of things I should not say right now. 
It's gonna take men and women who are full of courage to be able to stand in the dark world that we're going to live in. But if you'll stand, I promise you, the light that is in you will start driving back the darkness of our community, of your workplace, your family, if you'll just stand. You're the light of the world. Remember that little song we used to sing as children? This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Not gonna let them cancel me. <laughs> no, no, not, we're saying things that we never thought we'd say. I got canceled. I'm getting doxxed. I don't even know what dox means, but Teddy, you know what dox means? He didn't know either. Okay, all right. We're old. Watch this. And then God's gonna go on and create things. Watch this. Six days. He's gonna, he's gonna six days. I'll give you. I'll give you the. Here, here they are. Day one, light. Day, day two, sea and sky. Day three, he's the fertile land of earth. Day four, stars and heavenly bodies. Day five, create creatures of the water and sky. Day six, living creatures of the land. And God said that it was, he said it was good, but God was not done. And on the sixth day, he said, and this is where we get to, ready? Stay with me. Let us make man, this is important, in our In our what? How many have ever heard that? Image is everything. Yeah. He let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creepy thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image, in the image of God. In the image of who? In the image of God, he created male and female. He created them. In his image. In his image, he's going to create male. Can I hear all the men in the room? Let me hear you men. (laughs) Have you ever noticed how weak that always is? And then when I give the women a chance, I go, women, let me hear you. I'm going to give our men one more chance. (laughs) And then he created men. For those who know Troy Thibodeau, he usually barks at this moment. Notice, we're the only things that are made in his image. We're made, and it it, it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean, physical representation of God. And that's not what it, what it means. It means that we're God's physical representatives who are like him in certain ways. What, what are those ways? We have eyes and ears because we're made in the image of God who sees and hears. We have minds that can reason because we're made in the image of a rational God who is more intelligent than our minds can comprehend. We can do stuff like math. Some of us can do stuff. (laughs) How many of you struggle with math? That was not, yeah, okay, all right. No, we get math. 
How about this? We can play musical instruments. We can play football. Come on, LSU, tonight, 6.30. We can make gumbo. I'll be the judge of that. There's, there's, a, there's a thousand other things we can do. We can create things. We can, we can take something, a substance, and create something out of that substance because we were made and we're, we're also moral beings. We have the capacity to choose between right and wrong. Why? Because we were made in the image of God because he is moral. That's the reason why we can be moral. Did you know that the scripture says that the law of God has been written upon the heart of every man? How did that happen? Because we were created in his image. What does that mean? The law of God has been written upon the heart of every man. That means you can jump on an airplane, fly over to the Congo, go into the bush, Find a group of people that maybe have never seen anybody from America, have never heard of the name of Jesus, do not know about the Bible, and you can find them, and they will tell you it's wrong to murder someone. It's wrong to take something that doesn't belong to you. It's wrong to tell a lie or a falsity. How did they get that? Because they were created in the image of God. Moral. We're relational. That means we, we, we have a relational God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. We, we, we read the text. Jesus was already there. The Holy Spirit was in the beginning. They, they formed a relation. How many of you know they probably get along? The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they have a relationship. We have this relational God. The reason why we're even here is because God wanted a relationship with you. So we have the ability to work out our dysfunction. We can be functional. We can work it out because we were created in the image of God. Watch this. We are valuable because we were created in the image of God. Male, valuable, because you were created in the image of God. Female, valuable, because you were created. Black, valuable, because you were created in the image. White, valuable, because you were created let me get the other colors, brown, yellow, red, my people are valuable, created in the image of God. The unborn, valuable, because they were created in the image of God. From womb to tomb, valuable, because they were created in the image of God. Democrat, Republican, created in the image of God. Of God, which means this I can disagree and you and I can disagree on certain things, but we can still have respect for one another because we were all created in the image of God. So, what is this? What am I saying to you? You're not an accident, by the way. I don't care what your parents told you, they told you there was too much wine that night. No, you, 
the Lord knew you'd be here today. He knew even the time period in which he'd put you in. The year you were born, the day you were born, the very moment you were born. And he knew that you'd be sitting in an audience like today. You'd be sitting in a congregation, not an audience. You'd be sitting with your spiritual family listening to hopefully a decent sermon. He knew that you would be here today. He knew this time frame. He knew what was going to be happening in the culture. He knew the downward trend that even our own nation is in in this very hour. He knew the darkness that was rising, the undertow that was going to be pulling people, even pastors and Christians away from a biblical worldview. But he put you here and he put you here for such a time as this to be courageous in very, very dark times to take your little light out so that it can shine to the world. You don't have to be ugly and you don't have to be religious and preacherish. We can be godly, full of love, compassion, and empathy to all people because everybody is valuable and created in the image of God. All right? So I just... You notice God created, God said, God made, God separated, God called, all these things. And then he's going to get down really to the crown jewel of creation. He's going to get down to man and woman. He's going to create them. And then it's, and so he creates Adam and Eve. And we find in verse number 28, the very first thing he does, it's important by the way. The first thing that God does for Adam and Eve is what? Bless them. They, they don't do anything. They haven't done something to earn a blessing. They're not striving. They're just being. First thing God does, bless you. With the favor, I just bless you. And he says to them, I want you to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Man, woman, be fruitful, subdue it, Have dominion over fish and sea and over the birds of heaven and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Which he blesses them, favor, puts upon them so that they could reproduce. Y'all know what I'm saying, right? Are y'all tracking with me? I don't have to put the pictures on the... No, no, y'all got it? To to reproduce. I want you to... I want you to... Adam's like, really, seriously? (laughs) I'm blessing you. Go do it. I'm going to talk about that in just a second. No, no, it's important. Don't, 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 don't go cray cray on me. It's important. But of course, we know what happens, right? Sin, and we'll talk more about sin next week. Good, we're going to talk about sin next week. Yeah, yeah, I ain't coming next week. (laughs) We're going to talk about the fall. But we do know what's going to happen, right? Because of sin, right, instead of taking dominion, because that was their job, take dominion, or what does that mean? It means to tend and keep that garden to make it better than what you found it. Go tend to it, look after it, take care of it on God's behalf. We're to steward the earth. We're to steward the field and the garden that God gives you. So today, if you, what's your garden? It's your husband, wife, your spouse, it's your children, it's your job, it's your occupation, it's your church, it's your spiritual family, that you're to put your hands to it to do something to make it better than what was given to you. 
And so sin comes, right? And, and, and we'll talk more about that next week, so make sure you're here. But because of that, because of sin, instead of taking dominion over the plants of the earth, some plants have been taking dominion over us. Some of you will get that later. You say, I just thought I'd throw that one in there. Little weed here and there. So God's original plan, Adam, Eve, male, female, watch this, produce life and to rule or to steward on behalf of God. But because of sin, many people are determined not to do that. Instead of giving life, we end up taking life. Instead of ruling on behalf of God, we end up becoming God. Idolatry. So what is Genesis teaching us? And Victor's gonna come help me land the plane. I got 12 minutes. Genesis teaches that all of God's creation was good, but not just good. Look how verse 31 ends. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening and morning on the sixth day. So let me, let me, let me summarize. Being a man, a male, is very good. Three of them. We got three good men up in this church. Three. Let me try it one more time. Here's the, if I would start with the ladies, then the men would know how to respond. See, I always start with the men. They're like, was he talking about us? You're, honey, you got to tell me when he's talking about us. I didn't know. I said, look, listen, listen. the men, to be a man is very good. It's good. I like being a man. I don't want to be a woman. I couldn't handle being a woman. I can't handle women. <laughs> I can't handle one woman. <laughs> it's good. I like being a man. I am glad I'm a man. A man is very good. I like being a man. I'm going to do a push-up here in a minute. Listen, what does it mean? That being a woman, being female, is very good. It is so good. If I weren't a man, I'd be a female. I guess. It's good. I know this seems oversimplified. If you were born a man, it's good. It's very good. If you were born a female, it's good. It's very good. I know, I gotta put an addendum on it because everybody goes, but what about? No, 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 no. There are people that have issues 
there are people with some things going on that need to be ministered to in love and empathy. Listen, everybody's welcome to come to our church on Sunday. Everybody. And we're going to love them all. Even we had in one of our churches a man come wearing a dress. What do we do? Love them. Love them. Love them. (laughs) Trust me. I'm not done yet. It's good. Watch this. Marriage is very good. (laughs) It's good. No, no, I, I know we have people who've gone through bad marriages. Gone through trouble. But I'm taking you back to the original design. Listen, marriage, here's the honest truth, right? Let's keep it raw and real. I've been married 33 years. Some days it's heaven. Someday it's in between purgatory. No, no. <laughs> Can I get a witness? I mean, when Heidi and I are cooking with gas, there ain't nothing better, baby. It's like, I'm coming back to the heart of worship. It's all about you. When we ain't cooking with gas, whoo. Isn't it crazy? The, the ones that you love the most can bring you the greatest joy. It can hurt you the most. And I know she would be up here. She'd say the same thing. It's... I know, I know there's been times she gets so, so frustrated with me. And I go, baby, I'm a man. I like it. <laughs> Marriage is good. It, it is good. It's very good. Okay, watch this. Watch Marriage is good. Mar- marriage between a man and a woman is very good. It's good. Can, can I take it one step further? We're going to keep it raw and real. PG-13, I warned you. Maybe next Sunday you'll take them kids to children's church. <laughs> Sex is very good. <laughs> okay. What do you think God was saying to Adam and Eve when he said, be fruitful and multiply? What was he saying? <laughs> Adam like, you gonna look? <laughs> okay, are y'all following the progression? God creates man, very good. Female, very good. Marriage, very good. Do do you see the progression? Very good. Now, marriage, now. Sex, very good. Are y'all tracking with me? So anything outside of marriage... 
if I step outside of that, then it has its own consequences. Inside of this is good. I've been married 33 years. I only know her. It it gets better and better. It's good. It's very good. God's the one who came up with the idea. What a God. Thank you, Jesus. He's awesome. But if I step outside of that, the consequences you're going to pay. God's not a killjoy. I want you to see. He's not a killjoy. Do not. No, no. He's saying do. Just do in the confines of the marriage. It just means, listen, listen, player. I know you're here. No, you're here. I know you are. I know you're here. I know where some of you are sitting, actually. You want the pleasure, baby. You just don't want the responsibility. That ain't a man. That's a child. You're a child. You need to repent and get right with God. You're trying to fill a void that's empty, formless in your own life. And you're trying to fill it. You need to repent to God and ask him to come and be the Lord of your life. And he'll fill that void and give you form. And then he'll probably bring along your Eve one day. And you will be able to build the confines of marriage and enjoy one another. Are you tracking with me? Sister player in the room too. I don't know what we call them. Sister player, was that bearing? Y'all know what I mean? Do y- y'all see the progressions? Male, female. Male, good, 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 good. Very, very good, very good, very good. Marriage, very good, very good, very good, very good. Bow, chicka, wow, wow. Very good, very good, very good, very good, very good. Very good, very good. And then comes children. Very good. Most days. Listen, those kids being bad, listen to me. That's just God's way to remind you, mom and daddy, that you are desperate for him because you can't raise those kids to love the Lord. You're going to need supernatural help from God to come in and be a part of this family. And if you try to do it separate from God, you're going to find yourself in some real difficult situations you got to just get, you just got to just go, God, I'm, I'm trusting you. And if you'll just keep faithfulness, everybody say, hear me, hear me. Faithfulness in this confines, right? Faithfulness, especially with your children. You just keep being faithful. Keep loving Jesus. Let them see you be the light. Let them see you love God. Let them see you surrender to the Lord. Let them hear you repent when you mess up. Let them see you live out this life. Listen, the Holy Spirit will go to work on their hearts. He'll do the work. You do your best, and he'll fill, he'll fill up the rest. Most of us, listen, don't, don't let your children doing something stupid make you think, I'm a terrible parent. Most of us, the jury is out until our kids reach about 30 to 35 years of age 
before you know whether you are a decent parent or not. All right. So don't let the day of 15, 16, 17, don't let that make you decide whether you're a good parent or not. We all got the juries out on all of us. One day we'll know when we're 35, when they're 35, they'll come back and go, I'm so sorry. And you go, then you get them. No, I'm didn't, you know, you forgive them. Are y'all checking with me? Watch this. So male, female. Good. Very good. Marriage. Very good. Male, female. Sex. In marriage. Very, very good. Children. Very good. We have to value what God values. Because that child doesn't start a child when it comes out the womb. It starts when it's conceived. It's growing. It's kicking. It feels. And it's, it's in there. And, and listen, I know there have been, been, we've ministered to some of our girls before Christ have done some things they've regretted. Can I just tell you something? There is forgiveness and grace from God who loves you, who'll take anything we've ever done, put it into the sea of forgetfulness and remember it no more. And then there's in that womb. I know we all come up with it. But yeah, but what about in the case of? You could say that about anything. And then when it's born, we love that because it's been created in the image. Let me, let me tell you what happens to a society and a culture when you start not valuing life. Don't be surprised when you're watching nightly on the news when people are walking into schoolhouses and taking out weapons and shooting children. Or when you see just people for no reason killing people everywhere and you go, the murder rates in our communities are going up and you go, what is, no, no, no. We started devaluing the image all the way from here. Now we're watching it spill out in the street. We're devaluing the image everywhere at any time. You go, well, it's those big cities. Oh, no, no. I read an article the other day. You ready? You know the murder capital of Louisiana? You ready? St. Landry Parish. Per capita, our murder rate is higher than New Orleans. St. Landry out in the country. They kill you out in the country. Isn't that crazy? Listen, what are we going to do? No, 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 it's not what, what are we. No, it's what are you. 
It's until you get back and you go, well, I think, no, 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 this doesn't matter what you and I think. That's the point. I think. So you can think what you think is higher than what God thinks, which doesn't make God God anymore. It makes you God, which means you should be up here and we should all be worshiping you. That's what it means. God, how do you see things? I want to put on my God goggles and start seeing it the way you see it. And I'm going to start following and living the way you see the way I should live. Because you're God. And I'm not. By the way, did you know that marriage, marriage, in the New Testament, Ephesians 5. You know, you know that one that they read at your wedding? Wives submit to their husbands as unto the Lord. Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. And then the Apostle Paul goes on to say, I'm not even really talking about marriage. This is my translation. Hey, hey, I'm not really talking. I didn't write this scripture so y'all could use it at every wedding y'all have ever done. I'm writing this scripture to show you what the relationship between Jesus and the church is like. Submission to Jesus, it's not like I gotta submit to Jesus. No, no, I'm submitting to Jesus now before I even know what he's gonna say. Because I know he loves me. He died for me. He, he, he loves me. He's, whatever his plan is, is, is what's best for me. He said a godly marriage is a symbol to the world of what a relationship between Jesus and his church ought to look like. Church, submit yourself to Jesus because he is the Lord. Hey, and Jesus, would you sacrifice yourself on behalf of this beautiful bride? I already did to prove my love for her. What a God. Do y'all receive this today? You receive the word. This is the beginning. I'm laying a foundation. I want to pray for you, Father, today. Today's just a foundation. We go all the way back to Genesis because every great doctrine of your word, the seed of it is found in Genesis. And Lord, transform our minds. Transform our minds. Lord, take away the things that we put our faith and trust in that aren't you. Father, I'm asking, Democrats and Republicans, they're not even the same Democrats and Republicans we grew up with. It's different. Father, can we just go back to the cross again? Stand upon the hill of Calvary and all of us see it from that vantage point. Lord, thank you for challenging us with your word. Lord, it's your word. I'm just the messenger. It's your word. I want to see it how you see it. Could you tell him that? Lord, I just want to see it how you see it. And Father, every place that our mind doesn't align with your mind, Lord, would 
I submit my mind to your mind. I submit my will to your will that you would transform my mind. And so, Father, I pray over this light. I pray by the Holy Spirit, you would breathe on this congregation. Your promise was that a bruised reed you would not break and a dim lit wick you would not blow out. Father, would you breathe on us again and let the little fire that's in us begin to burn a love for you, a passion for your word, a passion for truth, despite what the undercurrent of our culture is doing. Lord, would you set our feet back on solid ground, a foundation that will never be shaken and it will not move. And though heaven and earth will pass away, your word will never, ever, 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 ever pass away. Father, I pray for supernatural courage to come upon your people. You said you would pour out your spirit on us and we'd receive power power to be the light of the world, the light of the world and the salt of the earth. Father, fill us, burden us with our community, our city, the lost, our workplace, the people that are lost, even the crazy sin that lost people do. Father, may we be filled with love and what breaks your heart, may it break ours. That's our prayer, Father. Lord, we receive your word today. In the name of Jesus. With every head bowed and every head closed, maybe you're here today and you're far from God. Maybe you're here today and even some of the things we mentioned only, only confirmed that Jesus is not your Lord. I didn't say, were you religious? I didn't say if you went to church. I didn't say if you got baptized. I didn't even say if you're a member of our church. That you're not born again. You haven't surrendered your life to this Jesus the only one who deserves to be surrendered to, by the way, is to surrender your life to him. And you have it. He's here today. He loves you. He's not mad at you. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. He'll forgive you of every sin you've ever done. If you'll repent, if you'll turn from your wicked ways, if you'll repent, he'll forgive you. Are you ready to be born again today? I want to pray this prayer with you. This prayer is not magic. It just has to be a cry of your heart. If that's you today and you're ready to surrender your life to Jesus, to follow him all the days of your life, would you, if you're ready to surrender, would you just lift your hand up high? I'm going to pray for you. Hold it up. Thank you, sirs. I thank you. Thank you, man, woman of God. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Hands are all over the room. Congregation, can we just add our voice together? I'm going to lead you in this prayer. Again, this prayer doesn't save you. It's the cry of your own heart that saves you could you just pray something like this say heavenly father come on church heavenly father i confess i'm a sinner and i need your forgiveness i've messed up i've done my own thing i did it my own way and i hate it please forgive me of my sin come into my heart and be the lord of my life take my sin away please forgive me I repent. Now come, fill this void. I give you my life. I will follow you. You're my king. I submit to you. I surrender to you. I give you my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give God all the praise.